0: Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. We're going to go back to Acts chapter 2 again this morning. This is our third part in this series. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read from verses 40 40, uh, 40 to 47. And with many other words, Peter testified and he exhorted them, he encouraged them, he stirred them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Message hasn't changed. Message hasn't changed. Then those who gladly received his word were baptised. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly. he say steadfastly. Steadfastly. The actual Greek there says they continued continuing. They continued continuing. He the actually uses the same word twice and he does it for a reason to say they didn't just continued, they continued continued. This was how they did life. This was not spasmodic. This was not periodical. This was not seasonal. This was continue, 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 continue. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. how we do it. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of the Word of God, yeah? In fellowship, hanging out, spending time together. In bread and wine. and in together as they prayed, together. Then fear came upon every soul as a result of their togetherness. Fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all, let's all say all. All All who believed were together. Let's say together. Pretty obvious where we're going. Not difficult. It's not deep. All who were believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions, goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing for the third time in the passage, God's really trying to get a point across here. So continuing daily. Oh, but this is modern society, Pastor J. The pressure, the stress, the demands. They continued every day with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This was not difficult, this was not deep. This just, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just make a quality decision. This is how we do it. This is life. This is what it is to be a Christian. This is how we do church. This is what it's about. It's not difficult. It's really simple. With simplicity of heart, verse 47, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I'm just going to read one verse from Acts chapter 4. Verse 32, and the whole crowd of believers were of one heart and one soul. Today, I quite simply want to speak on one heart, one soul. One heart, one soul. I feel another song coming on. Let's do it. <laughs> what is the church? The church is a family, a body, a bride, a temple, an army. Talk about it all the time. We adhere to the principles of the kingdom of God as set out in the Bible. Really simple. That's who we are. And we are established and we are built firmly. And I'm gonna use the word exclusively. Exclusively. On the person of Jesus Christ. There is no other foundation. There is no other Lord. There is no other Saviour. There is no other way. There is one way. There is one church. When the Lord was about to go to the cross, we read that incredible chapter, John chapter 17. Again, I mean, there are some parts of the Bible that I just think we need to keep going back to. And John 17 is one of them. John is a wonderful gospel. It's just awesome. Great insight from the heart of Jesus about the Holy Spirit, about the kingdom of God, about who he is, about who the Father is. And John 17, he's about to go to the cross. Same night he was betrayed, this is what John 17 is about. And he starts to teach his disciples, then they have the bread and the wine. And then he goes into a prayer and he prays and it's an open insight into the relationship that the son has with the father. Father, I thank you. Father, I love you. Father, you've given me. Father, I've not lost anything that you gave me. Father, I've told them this. Father, I've done what you called me to do. A wonderful, wonderful prayer. And a whole lot of it is saying, thank you, I've done this, I've done that. But in John chapter 17, and we're not gonna read the whole verses 1 to 26, but in verse 20, in the middle of a prayer and he's prayed about the truth and the word and the purpose of the church, he says, I do not pray for these alone, the 12 disciples. I'm not just praying for these. Because otherwise the religious lot would say, oh yeah, it's just for the apostles. It passed away with the apostles. No, nothing passed away with the apostles. I do not pray for these apostles alone, but also for those who will believe through their word. Anybody of of those here this morning? We have believed indirectly through their word and directly through what they wrote. I don't pray for these 12 alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So this is a prayer right now. He's praying 2,000 years ago at the most important time of his life. What's he gonna pray? What's he gonna pray? Is he gonna pray about emotional health? Is he gonna pray about family? Is he gonna pray about healing? Is he gonna pray about prosperity? No, that's all in the covenant that he was dealing with. What did he pray? Did he pray about race? Did he pray about sex, gender? No, what did he pray? He prayed this that they all may be one. That they may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and i am in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me we want revival we want the world to come to christ we want to reap the harvest well this prayer answers that question solves the riddle Oh, we got to have more of this. we got to have more of that. Oh, we need to do this. Oh, we need to do that. Can we start with the one thing that Jesus prayed when he went to the cross? And it was this, that the unity of the church would speak. And as a result, the world would believe that Jesus came from the Father. It's what he says. It's what he prays. I'm not taking it out of context. (laughs) That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you, Father, gave me, I've given to them. That they may be one just as we are one. Now, we love to talk about and pray on and prophesy and drink in about the glory of God. But here... The glory of God in this context is all about the displaying of unity. It's what it is. That they may be one just as we, Father and Son, are one, I in them and you in me. That they also may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Oneness is all about the love of God. It's not about trying to fulfil a doctrine. It's just about loving. Just about loving one another as the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father and We love God and God loves us. It's what the glory is all about in this context. Oneness, agreement. The Bible says so much about unity. Could be a series on its own. But today again, and and through this series on Acts, I'm not trying to preach the doctrines. I'm trying to, in some way, present something that we as a church can get hold of and live now we need to feed on the doctrines and on the and on the bible and on daily and on you know the word of God and oh, of course we do but there are some things I think the church just needs to get hold of not just Citygate, the church we just need to get hold of this We can know all the Bible, all the little individual verses and we need to because the Word will become flesh in us. And of course, I'm not, please, I'm not trying to say don't know your Bible. But what I am saying is they ate with simplicity. They just did this stuff. Let's just be one. There's so much that the Bible says about unity. Unity. The unity of the faith. The unity of the Spirit. We've already read one heart One soul, one mind, one lip. That's an unusual one. It means they all said the same thing. They're all speaking the same things, talking the same language. Have you ever said, oh, he's just not talking my language. It's like we're just on a different page. No, the church, we're all on the same page. See, Jesus really prayed two things in that prayer. Apart from all the conversation he had with the Father, he prayed this, number one, keep them in the world so they do their job of turning the world upside down. And the second thing is that they may be one to the same degree that the Father and Son are one. Incredible. There is nowhere on earth, nowhere, No club, no society, no political system that can show oneness like the church. So let's establish right at the beginning of this, we're not doing it the world's way. Because the world is broken. And the only type of agreement they can ever dream of having is enforced unity. And then it's not unity because on the inside, they're not in agreement. But there's something about church which is heart to heart. When we read of King David, while he was still out there in the strongholds in the desert, some people came from Gad and the head of the bunch. says, The Spirit of God came upon him, and he said to David, We are yours, David. We're on your side, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you. God helps you. And David received them and made them captains in the troop. That happened after a question David asked, asked and said, have you come in peace to help me or have you come to bring division? If you've come in peace, then our hearts will be united. And that took the Holy Ghost a Amazai to say something. And it takes the Holy Ghost today, which is why Jesus prayed it. It takes the Holy Spirit to have an effective unity. Because otherwise all we have is agreement in the flesh. We all look the same, sound the same, dress the same. And that's not what this is talking about. Speaking about heart to heart unity in the church of Jesus Christ. And that's the only place we're called to have unity. We're not called to be one with the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We're not one with the world, we're one with the church. And we're one with Christ. So we need to understand this a little bit. You see, society is now, always has been, I've been reading just a bit of Timothy, and it says, these are the signs of the end times. People will be obsessed with themselves. That is it in a nutshell, right now. People are obsessed with self. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. But can I say the kingdom is not about me. It's not about me. Let's just get that established. This is simple. It's not about me. It's about Jesus, His will, His kingdom, His church. It's what it's about. It's not about my rights, my feelings, my offences, my desires, my wants, my identity, my race. It's not about that. For the sake of time, let's move on. Let's just go really straight for the heart of this. What does it mean to be one? What does that mean? What does oneness, one heart, One soul, one church, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's a lot of ones that we're part of. What does that mean? What is oneness? Does that just mean we believe the same thing? Is that what it means? Does it just mean, oh yeah, we all love Jesus? Is that what oneness means? Um Well, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1-4. to This is uh, one translation of the Bible. I can't remember which one because I didn't write it down. It's either the Amplified or or one of the others. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in the community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, (laughs) I love this language, then will you do me a favour? Agree with each other. Love one another. Be deep spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Now, we're not talking about on a Sunday morning. I'm going to ask us all to fill from the front because that's how we do it. We fill from the front, not from the back, we fill from the front. But this is talking about attitude. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Do not be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Don't you love that? Just look at someone and say, it's not about me. First statement, I think I've gone past it because I didn't make the statement. First statement is consider others to be better than yourself. That's a direct Bible verse. And it's not got some hidden Greek meaning. If it had, I'd tell you. But it hasn't. Consider others to be better than yourself. Does that need explaining? Consider others to be better than yourself. We are so full of insecurity, we put other people down to feel better about ourselves. It's just not Christian. It's just not. It's not the way Christians behave. Consider others to be better than yourself. My second statement. I've got a few of these, and they're just going to speak for themselves this morning. Let the grace of this impact Citygate Church. Number two, honour one another. Honour one another. I've got scriptures for all of this. Romans twelve ten. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honour, giving preference. To one another. So honoring somebody is not just saying you're awesome. That's not honor, that's worldly superficial flattery. You're awesome. Oh, tell me again so I can feel better about me. (laughs) Hello. They've dishonored me. It's not about making you feel any better or feeling any worse. It's not about what it does to you when somebody honours you. It's what is actually being done in the one that's doing the honouring. Honouring means to treat somebody as precious, valuable, priceless. This is why wives submit to your husband's Husbands, love your wives, honour one another is all about, I treat you as precious. Precious. It's got nothing to do with men being in authority (laughs) over the wife. Make my dinner. Make it yourself, you grumpy old thing. (laughs) Flipping egg. Make it yourself. And all the women said. And all the men said. I'm not saying there's not roles. Of course there are roles, but it's that nasty attitude that is just ungodly. Jesus said, this is how you display Headship to your wife, and he hung on a cross and he directly said, This is headship in a marriage. Amen. Amen. Honor one another. Really wasn't going to get there because I know this is not a marriage seminar. You see, we're not just putting it off to marriages, this is church. This is church. Honor. One another. Amen. Consider others as precious and beautiful and priceless. Wouldn't the world really really be impacted by a church like that? Now I hear testimonies all the time. People come in and say, this place is so full of love and it's warm. Amen. Amen. And there's no one pointing fingers and judging and whatever else. Thank God, can I just say that's, that's normal Christianity. Yeah. That's not special Christianity. Yeah. That's not, wow, God's really moving there. They actually love people. Yeah. <laughs> can you believe it? That we've taken some of this stuff which is fundamental Christianity and made it some, some champion victory. Wow, we've achieved it. We actually love people. We actually honour people. We got there. No, this is starting point. This is what we're born again into. Yeah. Okay, are we those who do the Word in Citygate Church? Yeah. We're going to go home and we're going to do this. We're actually going to consider others to be better than ourselves. We're actually going to honour one another. Look at someone and say, be a doer of the Word. Yeah. Not just a hearer only. <laughs> now we're going to do this third one right now. You ready for this? Number three, kiss one another. Kiss one another. Listen, that was a very cultural thing to do. But you know what it meant? We're family. We're brothers. Yeah. We're partners. We're in this. We're one. It, this is, you know, you know, for us who are perhaps not so touchy-feely, it's sort of, hey, hmm. Handshake. shake that's actually a very powerful thing to do because that came from covenant cutting wrists and blood and bloodshed and all that sort of stuff really powerful But other times you know we get a bit more friendly hey other times it's that there we go I didn't even have to tell him we know this stuff we're blokes now you ladies you can link arms you can hold hands do whatever you need to do. It's not really about the physical. It's, it's about, we're in this. Don't be independent. Be family. That's, really what, that's, that's what he's saying. Greet one another with a holy kiss is what the Bible tells us to do. Now, we're not bringing that in as a doctrine, as a way of we all are stand at the door and kiss everyone on the way in. It's not what we're doing. But the point is, hey, come on, we are family. We're in this together. We love one another. We love one another. Number four. This is a real quick preach, isn't it? I've only got 39 of these to go. <laughs> Number four. Have patience with one another. Patience. Now I know some of us are really patient and some of us are really impatient. But aren't you glad this is nothing to do with about about your personality? This has to do with the Holy Ghost. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. No, patience is in there. Patience is in there. And we've already spent a few weeks saying, filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Influence my life. And a huge part of that is influence my personality. I may have an impatient flesh, but I have a patient spirit. Oh, but I'm just not patient. We'll crucify it then. Yeah. You see, some people say, oh, anger is a real problem and you've got to really kill that because it's sinful. So is impatience. Oh. Impatience. Now, I'm not just talking about impatience when you're on the phone. They say, you are number 429 on the list. <laughs> and then you <it's> like, <laughs> say not talking about that type of patience. Can I just talk about, this this is about us being one, being patient with people. Not everybody changes at your rate. Not everybody gets it the moment you get it. You may be super Christian. Tim here is super Christian. He's got a big S on his underwear. Super Christian. And I preach and he gets it. I'm pulling your leg. But not everybody gets things immediately. Some people need to chew it over for a little bit, need to have conversation about it. If you've ever had parents, if you've ever had children, parents, if you've ever had children, we've all had parents. <laughs> parents, if you've ever had children, you can't treat them all the same. You treat them with the same values, but you've got to have different expectations and different patience. With your children. Some people you really need to sit down and help them understand the maths and the other ones just get the maths before you, before you get it. <laughs> Let's have patience with people. Let's just have patience. Ephesians 4 is about having patience, long-suffering. Number five, encourage and strengthen one another. You see, this is what it is to be one. It's not just we all go to the same church. No, we are the same church. We don't go to it. It's not just we all believe the same thing and I come and I don't really know anybody. That's not oneness. That's religion. Because we're, we're saved into a body where there's Relationship. And in that, we encourage and we strengthen one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, comfort, encourage, comfort one another and edify one another just as also you are doing. Encouraging and strengthening is all about relationship. Now, it's not about that sort of spiritual thing where somebody, oh, I'm anointed. I have a word for you. Well, this is the first time you've ever spoken to me and you think you're going to speak into my life? I want you to get in the trenches with me. I want you to fight the battles with me. If I know you've got my back, then I'll listen to what you've got to say. Hello? You know, we love that passage, iron sharpens iron. That's talking about lives sharpening each other. My life is encouraged and sharpened by your life. Not just by a word you send me as a text. Now that's great and we love all of that. But let's not think that is what we're talking about. That's the outcome of having a relationship. Hello? Are you with me? Yeah, are we getting this? This is oneness. This is oneness in the body, encouraging, strengthening one another. What about number six? Forgive one another. And you know what the Bible says about forgiveness? Be quick to forgive. Slow to anger, but quick to forgive what the world is, is quick to anger and never forgives because they think that's justified. How many times do you hear on the news, I will never forgive? And they think that makes them look, I'm strong. I'm not weak, I'm strong. No, you're a mess. I will never forgive is a deadly statement. I will forgive. The moment somebody does something, I forgive. Bang, I'm not harbouring unforgiveness or bitterness. or Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter what they say. Ah, oh, but you don't know what they said about me. It's irrelevant what they said about you. Have you forgiven? Hello? You forgive the moment it happens. In the middle of the conversation. I'm just forgiving. I'm just forgiving. I'm just forgiving. I'm just forgiving. Be quick to forgive. Forgive one another. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't sort of say you won't have to forgive one another because we're all perfect. No, we all get it wrong. We all get it wrong. Ah, but they got it wrong on purpose. Wow, that means... Kill them. Shoot them. They did it on purpose. If it was an accident, oh, I can forgive them. But they did that on purpose. Makes no difference to our forgiveness. And people can sit here and say, yes, but, and I will just come back and say, just forgive. Just forgive. Ah, but, you know, and then they start quoting all these worldly stuff. Ah, but just because I'm forgiven doesn't mean that I can forget. And it's like, well, remember it if you want to. I'm just going to forget it. I'm just going to disempower this thing. It will not be an instigator of the, of the rest of the decisions in my life. It's not going to affect me. What you did, what you said, what, what happened is not going to change my next decision, which is going to be, what does the Word of God say? So what happens when we live as one? What happens? This is really the message today. Number one, we grow healthy and strong. We grow healthy and strong. When we live as one, healthy life. Strength on the inside because that has to do with maturity. What else happens when we live as one? There's always benefit out of all of this. What else happens? Number two, we achieve the impossible. We can do stuff that we can't do on our own. This is the outcome. It's awesome. What about this one? Satan is disempowered. I mean, let me just read a bit of Ephesians 4. Therefore, putting away lying. Lying is not just telling a lie, it's dishonoring the person you're talking to. That's another way of thinking about it. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. If I'm lying to you, I'm lying to myself. Be angry, but don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. Rather, let him labour, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Oh, I, this is a whole preach I'd love, to, I'd love to preach on about if you don't work, you don't eat. Just saying. And also, why do we work? in order to have something to give. Most people work in order so they can have. No, we work so we can have some seed in order to sow and we live off the harvest. Can I hear an amen this morning? Okay that he let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Verse 29, but what is good and necessary for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, etc. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Satan is disempowered. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. I know that's taken a little bit out of context, but the principle is there that we multiply when we stick together. The enemy loses ground when the church stands as one. Number four, there will be radical transformation in our community. The world will know that Jesus has come when the church lives as one. Love on a whole different level. I mean, Luke 6, again, let it just speak for itself. If you only love those who love you, big deal. really what Luke 6 is all about. If you only love people that love you, what credit is that for you? Even sinners do that. We seem to be proud. Oh, I just love everybody except the people that don't love me. I hate them, but I love you because you love me. That's what the world does. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to only those who do you good, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those. Who you hope to get back. What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good. Lend. Hope for nothing in return. Your reward will be great. You'll be sons of the Most High. He's kind to the unthankful and the evil. Be merciful just as the Father is merciful. we got to love with the love of God. Number five. What else happens as we live as one? It releases the supernatural because the anointing pours out upon unity. Psalm 133, there God commands the blessing. They all came together in one accord in the Bible. We'll read it through Acts. And God did so many supernatural things because of their unity. And finally, What else happens as we live as one? One heart, one soul. Let's say that. One heart, one soul. We live a life of freedom. Freedom is released. Freedom from intimidation, competition and bitterness, regret. The biggest one is freedom from self. It's all about me. No, it's not about me. It's about us. It's about us. Not dependent on how anybody else treats us. It's how we treat people. What words are we using? What are we doing? Did you get anything out of that today? Yes. Can we all stand to our feet this morning? Oneness. Oneness, oneness, oneness. Now what happens is some people get this and go, "Ah, oh, they need to treat me like that. When they treat me like that, that's how I'm going to treat them. No, that's the same old spirit of the world. That's the devil talking. Really. Spirit of the world. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to say? Who am I going to encourage? Hebrews 10, 25. You know, whenever we come together, study one another to stir up love and good works in them. When it becomes less about us or not about us and more about others, we're just on that start of that, hey, that spirit of unity. Of the spirit of the faith. We're all coming to the unity of the faith, but we started with the unity of the spirit. Can we pray together? Jesus prayed, Father, that they may be one. Now, I know that was answered absolutely when we were born again. We are one, We are one. We're not trying to be one. But just like everything else, we have it, let's live it. We are one. So let's be one. Let's speak as one. Let's relate as one. Considering others far better than ourselves. Honouring one another putting away lying and all sorts of words. Holy Spirit, we thank You that this is Your doing. It's Your work. Spirit of God, we stand here today for You to do a work in us. A perfecting work. You said that they may be perfect in one. God, we dare to believe for that. Perfect in one. Lord, we are dead to sin. We're dead to the flesh. We're alive to Christ. Just as you, Father, are in Jesus, your Son, and the Son's in the Father, and the Spirit is in the Father and the Son, Lord, we are one with you right now as believers. We thank you, God, for the incredible journey we're on of world transformation, coming from personal transformation. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And right now, I want to ask the congregation, everybody here today, whether you're here for the first time or whether you've been away and you've come back or whether you've been here forever, really. Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? The Bible says that we receive Him. He died for us, but we need to receive that. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you can't say to me, Pastor Jay, I know I'm born again. I know I've been taken out of darkness, put in light. You know, perhaps all of those words that are a little bit cliche, but they're true. You were lost and now you're found. If you can't say from your heart that you love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength that you know Him intimately that He's your heavenly Father not because you just have a prayer that you learnt when you are a child but because you really love Him and He's like your Father you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've received Him as your Lord and Saviour if that's you today, today's your day to receive Him as your Lord and Saviour. Perhaps you're here today and you know what? You say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm, I don't live like one. I'm not excited about my faith. I'm not, I'm not alive. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying. And it's not, this is not just, I'm having a tough time for a couple of weeks. I'm really, you know, this, I need to come back to God. With every eye closed, please, and every head bowed so we don't, embarrass anybody here today, but we want to give an opportunity And I know that sometimes we want it to be very public and very, very open. Jesus died publicly. If we can't make a public sort of a declaration, then I really wonder how often, you know, how much we love God. But just out of the sensitivity of this moment, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jay, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to do something bold and, you know, courageous. Um, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. To say, yeah, Pastor Jay, I want, to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to come back to Jesus today. I want to come back to God. Is there anybody here today? Lift your hand high, please. Thank you, Jesus. Last time as I just look across this auditorium. Come on, you're not here by mistake. God loves you. He's got a plan for your life, but you need to receive Him as your Lord and Savior online as well if you want to receive Jesus as Lord we're just going to pray a prayer right now I'm going to encourage you to pray it out loud wherever you are let's all pray this together Heavenly Father thank you that you love me you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me I receive you Jesus as my Lord my Saviour and my friend I receive eternal life and by the help of your power and your grace I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise today? Hallelujah.